You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. We're we're talking tonight with Steve Lamboy, President and CEO of Intel Case Company. So. These guys specialize in protecting your outdoor gear. So whether you're, um, you know, it's a Beretta, a Browning, uh, Negrini, the Sea Run, the Sea Run cases. Um, so I'm looking at, I'm looking at it right now. I got in front of me the latest edition of uh, Fly Fisherman magazine, and where they called it the uh, best new rod carrier. So um, I'm, I'm, what I like about it is you can put multi rods in there like it's not like you can just you know most rod cases are for one or maybe two rods you, you could probably get what four or five in there if they're pa- if they're breakdown four piece rods oh you can get five four piece rods in it easily yeah and then there's no, lots of room for the reels lots of room for reels extra spools yeah whatever you want to put in there yeah it's it's uh you know, it's almost like an expedition case. But if you're traveling and you're going to take multiple rods, you might take nymphing rods, you might take, uh, you know, four weights, six weights, you know, or heavier. Yeah. You might take seven weight rods. I mean, uh, you can have a rod, you know, a whole variety of gear depending on the conditions and how you're going to fish, if you're going to fish uh, dries or whatever you're going to do. So how and, um, how busy, Steve, did those phones get after, after the Forbes article, after the... After the uh, fly fishing, it's it? been very good. good. Yeah, it's been very good. And you know, our business is based around. Of course, we have, you know, webgility, so to speak. You know, we're adept in social media, and we have a fantastic website, and and you can order online. But we have telephones. We have telephones, and as long as it's my company, we will always have personal one-on-one mm-hmm. communication. I like it. We answer questions, you know, we answer questions. It does not matter. Okay. What, what the need is. We have people that will buy our best, uh, two gun case for, for example, they're going to Scotland, they're going to Argentina, they're going wherever mm-hmm. uh, they're going duck hunting. Okay. And they're taking a over and under and a backup uh, pump. Right. And they'll call up two days before, they leave and they buggered up the combination on one of the locks. <laughs> Can't remember what it was, right? And we'll say, not a problem, Mr. Murphy. We're going to overnight another case to you. When you get back from your trip, just put the one with the lock uh, that's misset in a box and send it on back to us. In all the years, we have been burned one time. That's uh, that's cus- that's customer yeah. service. That's what we do. Yeah. You know, I mean, our cases are not cheap cases, and they're made to last a lifetime. We have a lifetime warranty. You know, what happens is, I mean, we get calls every week from people who bought a Parazzi or a Beretta 40 years ago, and it came in one of our cases, right? And they just want to talk. They don't want to buy another case. They want to talk about where they went. They went to the Gold Cup here. They went to the World Cup there. They did the Grand American. They went to Mexico City for the Pan Am Games. You know, whatever. You know, the the case is casing all their memories. We case your memories. 
Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Really stoked you chose to join us today, and we are going to head out to Fort Smith, Arkansas. We've got Steve Lamboy on the line. Now, Steve is president and CEO of Intel Case Company, and they have some pretty cool products you need to know about, especially when it comes to the fly fishing world. Um, they have the best rod case uh, ranked by Fly Fisherman Magazine of 2021. We're going to talk all about that, the Sea Run cases, Negrini, all that good stuff. Steve, hey, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Mark, pleased to be here, and thanks for asking me. It's a great opportunity. Well, you guys are uh, turning some heads for sure. We're going to get into your uh, your fly rod cases and the system that you've designed. But I always like to start the show, Steve, by taking it back to the basics, taking it back to your roots. Um, why don't you walk us down the journey of how you came to discover fly fishing? Where did it start for you? Well, it goes a long ways back. But when I was a young lad in uh, northern New York State, um, at our local rod and gun club, I won a essay contest that sent me to a summer camp run by um, uh, forestry department in New York State. And there I was introduced to fly fishing. And uh, without a great deal of uh, training or explanation, basically, you know, here are the rods, here's some flies, go see what you can do. And uh, so I, that was my first experience with fly fishing. And I've really, actually been in love with it ever since so sounds like uh, are you a bit of a self-starter i like that here's some flies go see what you can do <laughs> pretty big statement. yeah it, exactly i mean it really was that i mean i've never had any formal training uh, in fly fishing although i'm going to get some now i am going to get some now because i have connected with fly fishermen international and a local fellow who's one of their master casting instructors so, yeah, I'm going to be visiting with him, and he's going to turn me into a proper fly fisherman <laughs> after all these years. Fair enough. If if you were to look back and, and kind of say who's influenced you so far, is there any maybe guides you fished with or uh, good buddies or, you know, uh, who would you say influenced your fly fishing journey? I would say it was really twofold. First of all, it was my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was an Adirondacker. Uh, that's where I started fishing with him. Uh, it was way up in the mountains. I don't know if you know anything about the Adirondack Park, but mm -hmm. it's 7 million acres and has 100,000 residents, and it is chock full of lakes and streams and native brook trout. And that's where I started fishing, up there. And he was, he was really a big influence in my life because 
he had all the time in the world for me, number one. And number two, he would sit and tell me an endless number of stories about catching big brook trout or a mess of brook trout, as he called it. And uh, so that, that really <laughs> that really influenced my fishing right there. Yeah, good stuff. That and, of course, TV, television. Mm-hmm. I mean, television. Uh, I grew up with being able to watch fantastic fishing shows. So, you know, even, even if uh, back in my very early career I couldn't afford to uh, – you know, go to Kamchatka and chase salmon or something. Uh, no matter, you know, I could vicariously visit there through television, through the American Sportsman, yeah. or any number of great shows like uh, Sporting Classics TV right now with Chris Dorsey. Spectacular show. Yeah, yeah, it kind of just takes you right there, doesn't it? I, you're right. I mean, and even I go on YouTube and, and just some of the... I wouldn't call them amateur videos, but man, wherever you want to go in the world and kind of get a feel for the fly fishing there, it's pretty straightforward now, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. And I have two boys. Uh, they're 11 and 14, going on 15. And these boys are absolutely consumed with fly fishing. Hmm. And, of course, like all kids, you know, they're, they're uh, addicted to screens. So I go on the screens with them, and they've shown me all this fantastic footage on uh, uh, YouTube, of course, from uh, Tipiluki Lodge that's uh, down in uh, Argentina, Patagonia, to wherever. And it's just, you know, I have a passion for brook trout. I love big brook trout. And for years, um, I made a, a hobby, was really more of a passion, of finding big brook trout in the Adirondacks very difficult to do and you have to be dedicated and you actually have to be one part black fly just to be able to do it yourself (laughs) well you'd like where i'm at there's some big brookies have you ever been up to labrador or uh, any of the waters up in quebec there's some big brook trout up there i hear that from a buddy of mine up there and uh now that my sons are totally geared up uh that's one place we'll be going as soon as we get over the uh yeah uh, the pandemic here and travel's a little easier, right? Yeah, no, looking forward to that. I, I want to take a, a minute to get to know you in and around Fort Smith, uh, just kind of, you know, your tendencies, your habits, and, and what you like to do for fun when you're not on the water. You ready for a few uh, random questions? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, let's talk tunes. So if you're driving to your favorite river uh, or stream, What's playing on the stereo in the vehicle? Well, because my son is normally with me, okay, Connor, okay, he's pushing 15. So he is always in country and Western music. Now, when I wrestle control away from him, (laughs) okay, I will go to rock music. I have to say that. And then, of course, if Elena's in the car, my wife, uh, their mother, uh, you know, she has a flair for classical music. So, anyway. Wow. Uh, World... Yeah, we do have, yeah. So, we, we run the whole gamut. Worlds here. are, worlds are and, colliding. Yes, exactly. So, for her, listening to country music is not the most uh, enjoyable thing. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, anyway. It's pretty cool, though, to have it. That's a pretty wide spectrum. I, I can I can appreciate that. Yeah, and actually, I've grown to like the uh, the music that he plays. Yeah. So it's it's uh, 
pretty, pretty cool. And the other evening we had a friend over. We didn't know that he was a really good violinist. And so he brought his violin and he and my son started jamming with violin and, and, uh, and the guitar and uh, <laughs> totally, totally out of form. Uh, but it was fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic. Had a great time. So cool. I'm in my second childhood with these two. Yeah, I, I feel that. Um, when you're headed to the water, uh, what would be one go-to fly pattern that you can't live without? So if you're opening up that fly box on your favorite um, stretch, what are you often reaching for? Well, because I'm fishing up on the White River right now, and these browns up there are driving me crazy. They are just incredible. And right now, you know, you can go after these browns almost all year round with a woolly bugger. So if you have a greenish color woolly bugger and some patience and uh, can deal with the water right now because it's cold, uh, it is hmm. it is really good. And I've, and I've got a buddy who is so focused on it right now. He only fishes up there um, near the dams, okay? And he will fish from, say, midnight to 4 a.m. Wow. And he catches these big, big browns. Now, I haven't had the guts to go and do that yet. Hmm. And he sends me all these pictures. But I'll get there at 5 a.m., okay? And, uh, and uh, you know, get, get. start fishing then. But the browns up there are so fantastic. Well, that's... that's uh, there's a, actually a few brook trout, too. That's an interesting story to me. I mean, th- knowing that those big browns, they can be pretty nocturnal. It's funny, I... White River's on my bucket list, and I, I was literally um, three, I was so close to coming down there because uh, Christian Bacasa from Dupa Fish said, hey, I'm doing a doing a trip on the white, and it was really, you know, it was a pretty sweet deal, and I wanted to do it, then COVID hit and, and whatnot, but um, they go most every year, and he tells me how good it can be, and, and uh, it sounds like you're sitting on an amazing fishery. The nocturnal, kind of the evening Part of what you just said, Steve, that that really interests yeah, me. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people are—it's such a wonderful fishery up there too. And speaking of for kids, um, you know, there is a place called Dry Run Creek. Of course, when you have kids, as you already know, you know, you're kid-centric with whatever you're doing. I don't care if it's business, I don't care if it's shooting, I don't care what it is. It's the kids are involved. Mm-hmm. So th- this state is so forward-thinking, okay? And I come from, you know, outside of Arkansas, uh, you know, from upstate New York and so forth. And But this state is so forward-thinking. They took a stream up there called Dry Run Creek, and they took about, oh, I don't know, maybe quarter mile of it, half mile of it, uh, repaired it, turned it into a, a, a fantastic trout water, stocked it, okay, with browns and rainbows and a few cuts, and it's kids only, under 16, fly fishing only, barbless hooks. Good stuff. And there are 10-pound rainbows and browns in there. And if you want to see something funny, watch an eight, a couple of 8-year-olds hook into one of those fish <laughs> and chase it up the stream and then turn around and be chasing it back down the stream and then back up the stream. And then other kids are in on it, and finally they all pounce on it like a house cat. 
that's it's really neat though that you got fisheries that are that specific because I know there's a few up in, in where I'm at and um it's a good way to get kids excited about fishing right I mean because if if the general public was probably all over that it may not be quite as good if you know what I mean oh yeah oh yeah that's why I like fly fishing international too you know with her membership and what about 11 or 12,000 members Mm -hmm. Uh, and they certify fly casters and fly casting instructors and so forth they're all about education and spreading the word and perpetuating uh fly fishing you yeah. know it's fantastic yeah it's uh it's it's a i mean the growth in fly fishing i'm sure you've seen it it's just it's next level lately and uh imagine when things open up and i think uh we're going to be in a pretty good spot i, I want to talk about your favorite place to talk fly fishing steve so if you're not in your waders and you want to get your fix talk fishing where do you go? Is there a coffee shop? Is there is there a, a brew pub? Uh, is it a fly shop? Where do you get your fix when you're not fishing? You know, I'll go on LinkedIn and see where my buddies are catching fish, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll reach out to them and ask them why they didn't invite me <laughs> or <laughs> try to be obnoxious in some other way because they're catching big reds or whatever. <laughs> and I'm not there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we were fishing for reds over Thanksgiving off of Braze Island in uh, South Carolina. That was fantastic. Nice. And uh, not not the really big fish. We weren't catching the uh, the really big fish, but we caught uh, some beauties and uh, talk about fighting. They were hmm. incredible. So really, it, it goes that way. You know, around here, uh, there is a Trout Unlimited uh, chapter. Uh, but with COVID, just when I wanted to join, of course, COVID hits, and they're not meeting right now. So when they start back up, I'll, I'll be reaching out with them. And now that we're in the fly case business, uh, of course, I'll be, you know, we'll be hooking up with, with all the groups for that matter. And, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, turning this in. One of the reasons why I went into it was so that, uh, you know, as, as a family, we could travel and visit you know, any number of wonderful places, of course. Yeah. And uh, go fly fishing. You know, it's just a marvelous thing to do. And mm-hmm. how I got the idea for the case to begin with, you know, we, of course, we're in the, we're in the case business. We make, uh, I guess, arguably the finest ultralight uh, firearm travel cases uh, in the world, uh, specializing in uh, shotgun cases, uh, which are all made in Italy. Uh, using high-tech materials and, uh, you know, with hand finishing. Actually, they're handmade and hand-upholstered. Uh, and we make them for everyone from Beretta to Holland and Holland to Blazer and Krigoff, whoever. And so we've been in the case business uh, for many, many years. My wife is from Italy. She's an Italian national. Right. And uh, so we're traveling to go up to uh, Whitefish in Montana and we're going to hide glacier and of course we're going to fish every square inch of glacier that's fishable (laughs) right and I and I'm trying to find a case that I can put all of our gear in all the rods all the reels all everything because if you have kids and you're traveling you know that you're going to leave something at at every port of call right so you know that you're going in yeah and I also wanted to check it in the baggage because I didn't want to carry all this stuff 
I mean, imagine, you know, four or five people going through an airport. They've got tubes, they've got bags, they've got all this stuff. Who's going to leave what, where? Uh, so we took one of our, our better cases, uh, larger, I should say, I shouldn't say better, and uh, re-engineered it. Re-engineered it to hold, uh, you know, four or five or six uh, rods, four or five or six reels, uh, you know, all of your kit, you know, everything that you can put in there, extra lines, spools, leaders, whatever, everything you can, you can cram in there in an ultralight package and uh, with canvas covers that are made here in the U.S. And away we went. And it worked great. It worked really great. So then we just uh, listed it. We didn't we didn't advertise at all. I called on a few shops and showed it to them, and they said, "Well, yeah, of course we'll order that." And they started ordering a few. And um, so then we, uh, you know, started doing just a little bit of advertising with it, and and opened up the website, and orders started coming in. Okay, and we started getting feedback about people liked, things they wanted us to change or improve, or ideas for different things. And um, and then uh, it got picked up by a writer for Forbes magazine. Hmm. Okay, lucky thing, right? Yeah. So and of course, you know, a lot of people that buy that will buy a case like this. There's a lot of executives that buy it. They have it in their office because they don't really fly fish. They may go once a year, <laughs> but they can put all their expensive kit in it and look at it, right? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. For me, it had a little more practical use. But anyway, uh, he he bought one and put it in Forbes magazine Christmas edition, top 10 gifts for a serious sportsman. Wow. Now, that was really good. That was about 14 million circulation. When did that, that ha- Steve, when did that, when did that happen? How recent was that? Christmas. This That's year? That's what I got last for Christmas. Year? This yeah. last year? This year. Wow. Yeah. 2020. I know. It so was then, wonderful. So then then did Fly Fisherman Magazine jump on it after that? Yes. We had put one little ad in there, I think, last fall sometime. John read out. My marketing manager put one in. Uh, look, I mean, just a small ad. And they had us send uh, one of the cases to one of their writers. Mm-hmm. And he had... And he actually wrote a little ditty on it too, which which started uh, started some very brisk Christmas sales. Wow! Uh, and then the Forbes the Forbes uh, piece hit, and and it's been uh, it's been really good ever since. So, you know, we're expanding the line uh, right now to include uh, uh, several new cases. I won't say exactly what they are, but uh, you will enjoy them when you see them. I think, and uh, I love the fly fishing industry and love the business anyway i mean of course being in the outdoor industry all my life i've been to the fly fishing show before and i've been to the uh, outdoor retailer shows and so forth so sure i've been in and around you know the uh industry without providing any products for it hmm. and uh you know in the in the gun case side of it you know we innovate so we don't go into anything unless we can make it better or innovate in some way. We just don't bother. Right. So, for example, we have uh, fly fishermen that say, well, why don't you make some soft cases, you know, or some of those other things, uh, you know, 
packs, you know, packs and soft cases and all of that. And my response to them is, are you kidding? Look at what is out there. What more could you possibly need? Yeah. I mean, between Sims and Fish Pond and Orvis, they're making gorgeous luggables. Fantastic soft things, you know, that I would take on a trip, of course, uh, but I wouldn't pack all my gear and throw it in the, you know, in the uh, luggage compartment of a of an airplane or anything. But, right. you know, the, uh, uh, the materials and the science that go into our case uh, is really outstanding. You know, it's it's really high tech uh, mm-hmm. polymer composites uh, that are hand formed, thermoformed, uh, in and out. It's actually a double case. You have an outer case and then you have an inner case. You know, uh, gun cases historically, you know, they would make an outer plywood carcass and then they have an inner plywood walls and all that stuff and they'd tack them together. And of course, those don't work. You know, in in traveling they're okay in the back of your car but it's, it's not a shipping container right so what we you know and then they hand upholster it but what we do is we mold the outer out of a high rubber content multi-layer abs and then we mold an inner and then we sonically weld it together in a very very specific array of welds hmm. and it actually becomes automotive crash testing technology wow and then we upholster it just like, you know, cases were upholstered in England uh, 50 years ago. They're all hand upholstered. It's just when we're building fishing cases, we have to select materials that resist salt, resist oils, resist uh, water of all kinds, including cushioning. Cushioning's got to be resistant to all of that as well, mm-hmm. right? Because it can't degrade, it has to last, and it can have them rusting up and all that stuff. And, uh, so uh, we built this case, and we packed all our stuff in it, uh, and that was the first case. We took it up to Whitefish, had a great time, and that, that's now great. we're in the business. That is, um, to me, that's an amazing success story in such an amazing short amount of time. Now, it makes we're, – we're talking tonight with Steve Lamboy, president and CEO of Intel Case Company. So – these guys specialize in protecting your outdoor gear. So whether you're, um, you know, it's a Beretta, Browning, uh, Negrini, the Sea Run, the Sea Run cases. Um, so I'm looking at, I'm looking at it right now. I got it in front of me, the latest edition of uh, Fly Fisherman magazine, and where they called it the uh, best new rod carrier. So um, I'm, I'm, what I like about it is you can put multi rods in there like it's not like you can just you know most rod cases are for one or maybe two rods you, you could probably get what four or five in there if they're if they're breakdown four piece rods oh you can get five four piece rods in it easily yeah and then there's no, lots of room for the reels lots of room for reels extra spools yeah whatever you want to put in there yeah it's it's uh you know, it's almost like an expedition case. But if you're traveling and you're going to take multiple rods, you might take nymphing rods. You might take, uh, you know, four weights, six weights, you know, or heavier. You yeah. might take seven weight rods. I mean, uh, you can have a rod, you know, a whole variety of gear depending on the conditions and how you're going to fish. If you're going to fish uh, dries or whatever you're going to do. So how and, uh, how busy, Steve, did those phones get after after the Forbes article after the after the uh, fly fishing, 
Is it's it? been very good. good. Yeah, it's been very good. And, you know, our business is based around, of course, we have, you know, webgility, so to speak. You know, we're adept in social media and we have a fantastic website and, and you can order online, but we have telephones. We have telephones, and as long as it's my company, we will always have personal, one-on-one mm-hmm. communication. I like it. We answer questions, you know. We answer questions. It does not matter, okay, what what the need is. We have people that will buy our best uh, two-gun case, for, for example. They're going to Scotland. They're going to Argentina. They're going wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going duck hunting, okay, and they're taking uh, over and under and a backup uh, pump, right? And they'll call up two days before they leave, and they've buggered up the combination on one of the locks. <laughs> Can't remember what it was, right? And we'll say, not a problem, Mr. Murphy. We're going to overnight another case to you. When you get back from your trip, just put the one with the lock uh, that's misset in a box and send it on back to us. In all the years, we have been burned one time. That's uh, that's cus- that's customer that's, service. That's what we do. Yeah. You know, I mean, our cases are not cheap cases, and they're made to last a lifetime. We have a lifetime warranty. You hmm. know, what happens is, I mean, we get calls every week from people who bought a Parazzi or a Beretta 40 years ago, and it came in one of our cases, Right. Mm-hmm. And they just want to talk. They don't want to buy another case. They want to talk about where they went. They went to the Gold Cup here. They went to the World Cup there. They did the Grand American. They went to Mexico City for the Pan Am Games. You know, whatever. You know, the the case is casing all their memories. We case your memories. And it's got to last in order to do that. We have to, We case those memories. What they want is they want us to reupholster the interior. <laughs> they don't want a new case. Will you just reupholster the interior? I want to give it to my grandson or whatever. Yeah. You know, they've carried it everywhere. Well, it's got character, right? They, it's got character. It's got a story to tell. I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it's because at the end of the day, why are we doing all this? I mean, we're doing all this, um, you know. Of course, when I was younger and I was just so focused on being the king of giant brook trout, uh, I would go and fish days alone. But not now. I mean, now I want to be with my friends and I want to be with my kids. Hmm. And those are the memories I'm making now. Yeah, that's really, really well put. I'd like to um, talk about your kind of your business story. So when did you come to you know, start Intel Case Company. How, how many years back are we talking here? Oh, it's about nine years now. Okay. So prior to that, I helped build a company called Realtree Outdoor Products. Wow. So that was my entry into the outdoor industry. So I went to work for a guy named Bill Jordan, who had started that company uh, way back uh, at the very beginning of 1993, when they were just starting to get rolling. And uh, I had met Bill, and I became vice president there, and I helped run the company until the early 90s. So that was my intro to uh, the outdoor industry. Yeah. And then I ran a company um, 
in uh, the Miami area, uh, an air gun company, air gun and optics called Gamo and BSA, uh, owned by a family from Barcelona, Spain. And, um, you know, so that was another company that uh, I worked with. And then I also did consulting for Safari Club International to help them to build their membership base and to, uh, I built their TV show hmm. uh, for them, uh, which uh, ran for, as a matter of fact, it may even still be running. And that was a long time ago. Uh, and worked for them for uh, several years. And then um, uh, also uh, consulted and worked for a company called Antonio Zoli, which makes fine shotguns in Italy and uh, helped them to get restarted in the United States, get their business going, and uh, then helped them to hire a partner president uh, to run the company. Hmm. And then we knew Negrini was there, okay? (laughs) My wife and I spent a lot of time in Italy because uh, her parents are there, and uh, so we take the boys over, and she goes over for a month at a time, and I'll run around and see all my friends in the gun industry. And, and we got to talking with Negrini one day and we said, well, you know, what are you doing? And they were only an OEM company. So they only manufactured for other companies. They really didn't do any branding for themselves. And they had this fantastic patented technology. And we said, you know, over about a four month period, uh, we formed a partnership and we have launched the company here in the U S And that's why we're here. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, it sounds to me like your whole resume is building in the outdoor space and kind of where, if you had to look back on your business career thus far, Steve, with all the different um, companies you've been with, what's the best job you've had to date? Are you doing it now or is it something you did before? I would say aside from what I'm doing now, because I'm having so much fun with it now, um, I would say working for Bill Jordan, who was the fellow who started Realtree and still owns it, was the greatest experience of my life. Hmm. Uh, because he mentored me, probably doesn't really admit that he did that now, but he did mentor me. <laughs> and he was brilliant. He was a brilliant, brilliant marketing fellow. He was a brilliant developer. Uh, Bill was a home run hitter. And uh, an extremely kind, an extremely kind person. Uh, I don't think I ever, I'm not sure I ever heard him swear, to be honest with you. Right. And um, yeah, just a dedicated family man and um, brilliant marketing guy. Hmm. You know, we were the first ones to uh, build our own television studio uh, in the outdoor industry. We did, you know, just earth shattering things. And, uh, that's great. And he gave me the opportunity to, uh, to, uh, you know, call basically on about every company in the outdoor industry as well. Yeah. So I learned a lot about manufacturing different types of products. Yeah. Good stuff. I, if you had to look at your business career, we'll get back to the water in a second, but you're, I, I have a feeling there's a lot of things I can, a lot of rabbit holes we can go down here. Um, the biggest lesson that you learned either working, you know, with Realtree or just your, your, your business takeaway in general in the outdoor space, is there a certain kind of 
thing you could distill down for us to a takeaway? Well, let's see. Oh, let's see. Of course, being much older now, uh, I've seen what doesn't work for me and what does work. Mm-hmm. And what does work is being able to win the trust of your employees, lead them, uh, and motivate them, and take them with you so they share in uh, the gains and the and and all the wins. That's the most important thing. You know, at the end of the day, you can't do it alone. Yep. You cannot do it alone. At the end of the day, if the people want to get it done, it will be done. It will be done. It, we never have enough of this or that or the only thing. And only if I had this, we'd be able to do that. That's every company. That's every company. So how do you get from here to there? in this imperfect world that we live in. Well, we have to motivate people and they, and you have to get them to trust you and they have to know that, uh, you know, you're going to take them with you. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really well put because I mean, that's spoken like somebody that's leading, uh, for me. And if people believe in what you're doing and they're rewarded for it, they're going to, they're going to be loyal and they're going to follow you right? There's a, there's a buy-in. And I think that that probably follows through to your customers as well. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you have to take care of these dealers. We have to take care of these dealers. We don't know what's going to happen in the big mass market side of things at the end of the day with the changing distribution channels out there with mm-hmm. uh, Amazon and all the other, um, you know, web marketing companies. Uh, it's a changing marketplace. Yeah, I really admire what Patagonia has done. To be honest with you, I mean, they're, yeah. um, you know, Yves Schoenard is uh, brilliant, and uh, well, he's a great example for allowing people to build a company and motivating them. I mean, look what he's done. Sure, you know, they're about, you know, they're about five hundred million in sales. Okay, and you'd be really hard pressed to find two dealers in the same marketing area that have Patagonia. Yeah. Yeah. So I know what you mean by that. Right. They, they, they do a good oh, job. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. They protect their dealers, you know, and that's really important. Dealers have to stay strong hmm. and they need to be able to have margin, you know, so you have to protect your dealers. You know what that uh, reminds you know, me of? And, that reminds me, I have yeah. a little bit of background in the golf industry. Not, And it's like, a lot of those guys are green grass only. So in other words, if you are, if you want the best of the best, it's, you're only going to get it at a pro shop. You're not going to get it at Walmart. You're not going to get it at, you know what I mean? So like, totally. for me, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with Patagonia. I think their model, I think Yeti's done an amazing job too. Look, look at what those guys are doing. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. But Yeti's but, done a very good job. You know, just build, just plain build quality. Yep. That's it. We're going to build quality. If you want quality, we're going to build it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's it. And, uh, Patagonia is great. I mean, half of their business is online, but any of their retailers can order anything for you right here in the store from their online mm-hmm. and have it delivered to your house, you know? So the dealers are happy. They're happy. And, uh, you've got a product that, uh, 
is thoughtfully made, uh, which I believe is really good, you know, um, uh, and it's, it's, it's a greened out product. And for the future, I think that's important. Yeah. If you don't think being green is important, just go to Florida and look at the giant, the mountains down there of, of uh, garbage are so tall. You can almost ski down them. You know, it's unbelievable. And, um, you know, the, the lack of recycling that's going on in Italy, of course, you know, they've gone green, green crazy for the last 20 years. So every single thing within the Negrini factory has to be reclaimed. Right. Everything. As a matter of fact, um, they make uh, glue out of the scrap. Hmm. Oh, yeah, out of the scrap polymer. And um, they recycle everything. They have to. It's, it's the law there. So, you know, we need to do more of that here in the States. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, amen to that. Anyway. North America-wide, no doubt. I mean. And and you yeah, just hit on a yeah. couple of companies I think that are doing Negrini, Patagonia, a couple of companies that are giving back and, and trying to do the right thing. Fill fill in the blank for me, uh, Steve. When I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? All right. If I'm not fly fishing, I'm working. Right. <laughs> okay. And if I'm not working or fly fishing, I'm um, I'm spending time with my wife. I'm yep. spending time with my wife. Okay. Um, I have other hobbies too, but one of my hobbies, she started playing tennis a year ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now she's never played a ball sport in her life. She was never encouraged as a child to do anything with a ball. Okay. It was always other, other activities, but she has really taken on to playing tennis. Mm-hmm. I just took her out one day to hit some balls and, you know, unleash the, Unleashed Elena on the world. So uh, <laughs> that's not an easy. That's not an easy sport to start. Uh, I mean, tennis is a tough game. It is. What I like about tennis is the same thing I like about sporting clays. What can be more fun than hitting something? It's like being in a batting cage. What's yeah. more fun than being in a batting cage? Yeah. Not sitting around the outfield on a ninety-degree day. That's for sure. But being <laughs> in the batting cage instead. You know, that's why I like fly fishing, too. I mean, you're doing something. Yeah. You're doing something all the time. The strike is just about to happen. And um, we we also love to shoot sporting clays. And uh, that's a blast here. We've got a local club uh, which uh, uh, sits way up on a bluff. has a beautiful view. And uh, we just – I love taking a bunch of kids over there. I took 11 kids over uh, uh, New Year's. Uh, to have a kids-only uh, sporting clay tournament, and uh, we gave prizes, of course, to everybody. We found something, you know, most improved, first-time shooting, whatever, yeah. you know. And they had a ball. It was just so much fun. That's good stuff. It's great. Right on. I I want to take it to the water for a second. We'll get back to uh, where we can find your your rod cases, your travel cases, uh, in just a second. I I'm just curious. Something I like to ask all of my guests, Steve, is um, if you look back on your your fishing journey thus far, is there any crazy stories, anything weird or wonderful happened to you in your time on the water that you could share with us? Okay. it's a good question, Mark. You know, I've caught a lot of fish, and I've been privileged to, you know, fish in a lot of different states and countries and so forth. 
And, uh, of course, I could talk about the very first rainbow I pulled out of the water uh, at that conservation camp or the old fellow in western Colorado who showed me how to fish for browns uh, with dry flies, you know, and that's really great memories. But I'll tell you what, what probably I remember more than anything was one morning about three years ago when my son Connor, who was then 11 years old, was up before dawn trying to get me out of the bed to go to the to walk out and go down to the White River to this gravel bank area and uh, fly fish. But I was too tired to get up, so I said, go on, and I'll come down and join you. So he did, and I let him go. He had to walk about four or 500 yards up there, and uh, so I got there about an hour later, and he was all, of course, had his waders on and everything, and he was out in the middle of the river, uh, you know, water up to his belly button. (laughs) And he was catching browns and he was doing the most beautiful casts you can imagine. And it was in that early morning light. You know what it's like. There's There's a light in the early morning before you have the direct sunlight. That is just unbelievable. And to see that line coming back, to see him rolling that line out, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. And then hearing him, you know, yell, when he, uh, you know, when uh, he would hook one up, you know, it was just beautiful. I'll never forget that. You and make... most of my fishing now is just, you know, oriented around going with my boys. Really. Yeah, that's cool. You paint a pretty picture. <laughs> so let's talk about where people can find your your new rod cases from from sea run so um we're talking about so fly fisherman magazine named the 2021 best new rod carrier uh pretty slick setup houses you know four or five fly rods four piece rods and then lots of reels and all your tackle looks like they're bulletproof where do we find them well of course you can find them online on our website you can find them uh, on the website at Sporting Classics Magazine. They have an online store. You can find them here at the Woodsman. Uh, the Woodsman in uh, this area of Arkansas, which is just below northwest Arkansas, is the premier uh, fly tackle destination around here. It's called the Woodsman. Uh, you know, they have online sales as well. You can call them. Fantastic shop. Uh, really knowledgeable kids in there. You know, they live it breathe it and um and we have uh four or five other dealers i have to confess i'd have to i'd have to call john red out and ask him because most of these dealers have come on in the last 30 days so uh there'll be a list on our website Uh, after this after this podcast i'll make sure john has the website populated with uh, the list of all the dealers (laughs) No, that's, I get the feeling that you guys are at a tipping point with these. I, I really do. Um, just from the buzz I'm hearing, I, well, I talked to Scott. Uh, Scott reached out originally, so I did my homework, and then he said, hey, the CEO wants to come on. I'm like, well, perfect. So um, thanks, Scott, for setting this up. Thanks, Steve, for doing this. Um, sure. Where do we find you on Instagram, like um, the Sea run Is there a Sea run spot or... Uh, yeah, there's C-Run Cases. Okay. 
C-Run cases and Negrini cases on Instagram. Perfect. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the, I have to admit, I'm not the greatest, uh, you know, person in social media. So uh, I'm the one you standing there saying, come on, guys, we need more social media, <laughs> uh, which, you know, my, if, if my son was here, he would say, Dad, you, you don't know, even know how to post a stamp, let alone post a picture on social media. But you know what? You find people that do get out of their way and let them do their job. It sounds like you're good at doing that. We have really good people. Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah Scott yeah. and John and Elena and Sue and Chris. Yeah, we have, we have some very, very good people. Scott's extremely talented. You know, he's ex-Garmin, ex-Walter uh, Firearms. Uh, he used to be a um, mountain climber and a I guess there's a sport with uh, uh, cross-country running through mountains, too, now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so he was doing that for quite a while. But he's uh, he's really passionate about the business, and um, he's a great marketing guy, too. Yeah, good stuff. Sounds like you're surrounded by a good crew and led by somebody that knows what the heck's going on. Steve, thanks thanks for doing this tonight. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll, we'll look for your rod cases and uh, again, I uh, hope you uh, get out to Wetaline soon, and uh, hopefully, you know, s- at some point we'll meet up on uh, on a stream somewhere. We've got to do that. We may have to come to you now that I can travel with uh, with all the gear, right? <laughs> Perfect. We've been chatting tonight with Steve Lamboy, president and CEO of Intel Case Company. Look for their best rod case by Fly Fisherman Magazine out now, and it's uh, a Sea Run case product. Pretty sweet deal. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.